Happy Christmas, Mama. Welcome back to Mama's Mission. We are on the doorstep of Christmas and it's so exciting. Today I have an awesome interview with Tracy Brewer. Tracy is the mama of two and the wife to her college sweetheart. And she is actually the author behind the blog, Girls to Grow. And the reason I got Tracy on today is that I found this amazing object lesson on how to unwrap the gifts of Jesus this Christmas with your kids. And I've done this before with a group of kids and I thought, I'm just totally going to replicate it and, you know, just... Um, borrow a lot of her content and put it into a podcast episode for you. But then I thought, nah, let's just do that bit better. And let's get the author on here to share in the flesh, well, sort of in the flesh, her take on it. So I got Tracy on the podcast and here she shares an object lesson on how to unwrap the gifts of Jesus. Her heart's desire has been to rear her girls for the glory of God and she wants to encourage other mamas in their walk with God too. She was such an awesome person to speak to. We had a couple of glitches in the beginning of the podcast but it all ironed out smoothly and I know you're going to be blessed with this object lesson because it ticks all the boxes here mama that we want. It's simple it's no fuss and it's really effective in pointing your kids to Jesus. So I pray you're blessed by our discussion. Hey mama, welcome to Mama's Mission. Do you wish pointing your kids to Jesus could be simple? Are you overwhelmed with no schedule and good habits so what you want to achieve, like discipling, doesn't happen? Do you have the best intentions to read that devotion with the kids, but after a bit you lose your groove and feel that pointing your kids to Jesus is too hard? Hey, I'm Deb. I too was overwhelmed with the concept of discipling my littles. I was inconsistent in showing my kids Jesus, jumping from one idea to the next, and I wished for some structure to my day to make that happen. I wanted some routines and ideas on how to point my kids to Jesus, but I kept telling myself this is too hard and it's going to take way too much time, until I found routines and habits. In this podcast, you'll discover what discipling your kids is and looks like, how to schedule time in to point your kids to Jesus, and what tools you could use to help you do so, so that you can be the mama living out her greatest mission, to show her kids Jesus. So grab a coffee, or maybe two, kick back and get ready to launch into your mission. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us here at Mama's Mission. It's a real privilege to get to speak to you today. Oh, thank you for having me. To kick it off, are you able to tell us about you and your family? I sure am. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Tracy, and I have been married to my husband, John, for 32 years. And we have two daughters. Our older one uh, just turned 23. We have both December babies. So she just turned 23. And she is married now. She got married back in January. So they're coming up on their first wedding anniversary. And she and her husband live in Pensacola, Florida. And then we have another daughter who just turned 21. She is a junior in college, also in Pensacola, Florida. So yes, I'm a mom of two girls and I write on a blog. It's called Girls to Grow and are involved in a couple of ministries at our church. So yes, that's our family. What's one word to describe your mamahood? Well, this is not a real exciting word probably to some, but I would say my word would be intentional. By nature and by personality, I am a planner 
And so therefore it comes very easily to me to make lists and plan out how things are going to go. So when our girls were younger, I would make lists of books that we would want them to read, lists of activities, uh, of things, fun things for us to do. So I was, I think my husband and I tried to be intentional in our parenting as far as looking at the end goal and saying, you know, with the Lord's help, here's what we would like our daughters to be as they become adults. And so how do we guide them through the growing up years and how can we intentionally plan things and teach them things so that the outcome will be what we feel like the Lord will be pleased with. So again, while intentional is not a real exciting word, it was something that I think gave purpose to our parenting as we went along. I love that. I think we're so on the same page there because I love the word intentional and yes, it's not a riveting word, but it is so in line with my personality as well with the whole list making, planning. Um, I think we need to be intentional in some ways as mamas, especially when we're looking at pointing our kids to Jesus because some of us aren't necessarily that intentional and then years go by and we think, oh my goodness, I really wish that I had done more of this and less of this. And maybe if we were a little bit more intentional, that would have happened. Yes, I agree. And for me, even things like traditions, and I know we're going to get into talking a little bit about Christmas, but just having traditions built into the different holidays or the different seasons that point our children to the true meaning of the season. And like you're saying, I think if we're not intentional about that, at least to some degree, the time can just go by and we fall into more of just celebrating what comes easily as opposed to planning for those things that really mean the most uh, to our families as we're seeking to point our children to Jesus. Yeah. What's one thing you want mamas to really grasp? I would say, again, this kind of ties into, it's almost the antithesis of the intentional part. And that is just that God's grace can overcome our mistakes. You know, we all, I believe, set out wanting to be these perfect moms and to do everything right. And we do, we want to follow biblical principles and teach our children about Jesus, but we're going to fail. You know, there are going to be days we lose our temper or we get impatient. And on the flip side, there are going to be, you know, days we look back at and wow, there was a teachable moment. I missed it. I didn't take that opportunity to teach my child a lesson that would have been helpful. But, you know, God's grace is so much greater than our mistakes. And he's the one in spite of all of our planning. And that's good. But he's the one that's going to do the work in their hearts and a work that we can't do. We can't be their Holy Spirit, but the Lord can do that work and he can overcome all those mistakes that we make. That's so good. So good. We are totally flawed and we're doing the best that we can. But thankfully we have a God who takes the reins and he fills in all the gaps. Yes, he does. So as you alluded to, Christmas is totally upon us and that's what we're going to be chatting about. You've got two older girls. How did you point your kids to Jesus during the Christmas season when your girls were younger? I would say it was mainly through little things, uh, conversations about the Christmas story. And a lot of this, I wanted it to just be natural. Like if we had been to a church service or somewhere where they had heard the Christmas story or lesson about Christmas, just as we're on the way home, just discussing it in the car, talking about what they had learned, uh, relating it to the Christmas story from the Bible. I know there were a few years when our girls were younger where we actually did some Advent devotionals. So in the evenings after supper, um, I had found books and we would just do a short lesson. We're talking five minutes just to read through, answer some questions about uh, about Advent, about what we're looking forward to with the birth of Jesus. And 
again, as our girls got a little older, got involved in sports and different things, it wasn't as easy. But in those early years, we did some things like that. Uh, one thing we still do today, uh, even at the ages our girls are now, my husband on Christmas Eve, before everybody goes to bed, will sit down in our living area and he'll read through Luke 2 and the Christmas story and pray before we go to bed. And that's just a sweet tradition we've done every year with them. And the other one, this is more for my growing up years, because I haven't done this every year with our kids, but my mom would always make uh, the day before Christmas a birthday cake for Jesus. And then on Christmas Day, we'd put a candle in it and we'd all at some point in the day, we'd gather around and sing happy birthday to Jesus. And she still also does that to this day. Uh, we'll be there for Christmas dinner this year. And yes, we'll have a birthday cake for Jesus. I was actually just listening to a podcast this morning and someone said that, yeah, on Christmas morning, that's their tradition. They have Christmas birthday cake for Jesus and the kids love it because they get to have cake for breakfast. And who there we go. That's cake? perfect. <laughs> exactly. Hey, and they're probably getting candy in their stockings and stuff anyway. So just throw in a little more sugar. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. So I found you. I'm going to be totally transparent. I found you on Pinterest and I've actually used what we're going to talk about today. It's an object lesson and it's all about unwrapping the gifts from Jesus and I would love for you to share what that is. And on the blog, there were 10 ways that we can unwrap gifts from Jesus. We don't need to go into all 10 because I can link your blog in the description where our listeners can find out a little bit more. But it was really cool. It was a great object lesson. It was really easy to do. We did it as a Sunday school. So we I had a big group of kids and it worked really, really well. But I could see this working great for the mamas out there who might not have intentionally planned anything for Advent and the thinking in a fun way, how could I actually just put a little bit of Jesus in there in an object lesson? So could you unpack that a little bit more for our listeners? I sure could. And I'm excited. Thank you for telling me that you used this. I actually used it this past Sunday. I work in a children's program at our church. And so we also use this for our lesson there. And I wish I could take credit for the idea. The original idea actually came from my aunt and she was discussing it with my mom and they told me about it. So I just kind of fleshed it out a little bit. But yes, um, basically in the blog post, I've listed 10 different physical items that you can use, that you can wrap up and have your kids open that talk about uh, the gifts that we get once we accept Jesus as our Savior, because let's admit it, uh, gifts are one of the best part of Christmas, uh, whether for adults, for kids, but we always enjoy opening gifts. And so what I've done in this blog post is tried to make this a little more tangible for our kids to see, because most of these gifts, while we can make a physical representation, the actual gift itself is not something we can see. But these are great things we can use to represent to our children the gifts that we get when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. So, yes, I'll just walk through a few of these. Now, the way I laid it out in the post was more you maybe you could do it like a Christmas Eve activity or even on Christmas Day if you wanted to. You could put all of these things in one box and just open it and pull them out one by one. Or if you have several kids, it would certainly be fun to wrap each one individually and that way they can each take turns opening one. But I hadn't even honestly thought of what you talked about, which is doing it leading up to Christmas. However, if you want to do all 10 or just if you only have five days left, choose five and each day before Christmas, unwrap one of those. I love that idea. So thank you. No worries. But yes, let me talk about those. Um, yeah, I just pulled a few out to talk about. And one of those uh, is a picture of a mansion. 
And thankfully for me, last week, I actually had a magazine and came across like a spread of the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina. So I was able to tear that out of the magazine and use that picture. But you can find a picture of a mansion. You can print one out online, find one in a magazine or a book. But yes, wrap that up. And of course, that represents our home in heaven, which is certainly a great gift that we get once we've accepted Jesus as our Savior. And I did try with each of these in the blog post to put a Bible reference so that you could read that with your children as well. So, of course, John 14, 2 says, in my father's house are many mansions. So putting that in there, letting them open that up and then talking about our home in heaven being a mansion. Another one was a pen and a notebook. And you probably have a, maybe a blank journal around the house or just a blank notebook. And even if it has writing in it, that's fine. But what we're representing with this gift is that our names are written in the book of life. And this, of course, comes from Revelation. But once we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, then our names are written in the book of life forever to be there. And they'll be there as we reach our home in heaven. And I really like this one. And this is a receipt. Now, in the old days, you know, you could get receipts and it would, they'd stamp it like paid in full. So if yeah. you could find one of those, that's great. We don't have those as much today. But even if you have a receipt from a store, a restaurant where you've made a purchase, and typically they'll show the balance at the end is zero. So for this, uh, I related Romans 6.23 as the verse, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And with this receipt, what we're representing is that we had a sin debt that we could not pay. There was no way that we could pay it. And when we go into a store or a restaurant, hopefully we walk in knowing, okay, I've got the money, whether I've got the cash, the check, the credit, whatever, to pay for this item. But we, there was no way that we could pay for our sin. So it's just showing our children, you know, we had all this debt of sin that we could not pay. But Jesus Christ came, he was born, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose again, and when we accept him as our savior, it's like our bill is paid. There's nothing we have to do except, except the gift that he gave to us. So that eternal life, that gift of God, we can't earn it, but he paid for it by his death on the cross. So that's what I use with the receipt. Um, a fourth one, and this you could be anything you probably have around the house, but an item that has a monogram on it. I know this year I found a stocking. One of our daughter's names starts with H. So there's an H embroidered at the top. So with this monogrammed item, and it could, again, it could be clothing. It could be anything you have around the house that has a monogram or a letter stitched on it. Because what that shows is that that particular person whose name or initials are monogrammed onto that item, it belongs to them. That is theirs, and it's marked for them. And the verse I related to this in Ephesians chapter one, it talks um, that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. So once we've accepted Jesus as our savior, one of the gifts we get is we are marked as his. Now we don't get a tattoo across our forehead that says I'm Jesus, you know, or I belong to God. But what he does do is give us part of himself. He gives us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And we are marked with that Holy Spirit is his. If you have older kids, younger kids probably aren't going to understand this as much, but if you have older kids and would happen to find or could look up a copy of maybe a check that was used as a down payment or a transaction like where you've made a deposit and it shows what's left to be paid, the balance, uh, you could use that with older kids because they could grasp the concept that, okay, we paid, we got part of this, we paid for part of this now, but the rest is coming later. And so... In that same sense, God has given us, it talks about in Ephesians 1, the earnest of our inheritance. We don't have all of our inheritance right now that he has for us, but we do have the Holy Spirit. We have his spirit living inside of us, and it's his promise to us. 
that one day we will experience him fully once we're in heaven. So I have one more that I pulled up. Do you want me to go ahead and share that one yeah, as well? Yeah, you go for it. Go for it. Okay. All right. This uh, last one that I pulled out is this could really be a picture of any family. In my case, I did a picture of our family. So let them unwrap that, look at the picture, and then talk about how special it is to be part of a family. Um, and whatever your family looks like, how you interact with each other, how you love for each other, you do things and care for each other. And then in Ephesians 2.19, it talks about that we are members of the household of God. So as we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become part of his family. And of course, there are a lot of other verses that talk about how we become the sons of God, the daughters of God. And just relating that to the family that they're in and how special it is and what a gift it is to be part of our physical family here on earth. But then once we accept Jesus as our savior, we are part of a global family. We are part of a group of people who have chosen to follow Jesus and what a gift that is that God has given to us as we accept him as our savior. Those were amazing examples. And what I really enjoyed about the object lesson is that those all a lot of them, in fact, all of the objects can be just found around the house. It wasn't yes. it wasn't like I had to go out and purchase a whole lot of items to do this activity. And that's what we hear about at Mama's Mission. It's just making it really simple. Like yes. as you were talking about with your daughters and how you just had just chats about the Advent season, about Christmas, what it actually means and how your Advent activities were really short as well. That's what it's about. I think it's about chipping away at something just slowly over time, intentionally. And that word's coming up a lot. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but that's, that's what it's all about. And that's the beauty of this object lesson. Like you don't have to do it all at once. As you said, right. you can do it. You could just pick one thing that they understand. Yes. You could pick yes. five things that you've mentioned. There were 10 in the entire blog and you can pick all 10, whatever works for you. And I really love it how you attach scripture to each one as well, because that encourages our kids to get in the word. And if they're struggling with that, you can do it with them. But that's yes. really important for us to be modeling that with our kids as well. Yes, it is. Yes. I like taking whenever we can, I think taking our children to the Bible. And I know I was mentioning that I teach a children's church uh, frequently at, at our church that we go to. And I've found that it's important before I start a lesson from the Bible to emphasize to them that this lesson is from the Bible, because sometimes we have stories that are missionary stories or just fun stories that we'll share with them. But whenever we can take them back to the Bible, because we know the Bible is truth. And that's what we going forward as they become adults, want them to base their lives on is not what other people said or things that they heard, but the word of God. So yes, anytime we can take our kids to the word of God and to scripture and so that they can see exactly what God is saying to us and to them, I do think that's definitely a benefit. Yeah, I would so agree with that. So Tracy, what would you say to the mum listening who is feeling very overwhelmed this Christmas season and she's feeling, in fact, too overwhelmed to point her kids to Jesus? So do you have a word of encouragement for the mummer out there listening? I certainly hope so. And first of all, I will just say I feel you. I have been there. And the thing is, our two girls are both basically grown now, and I still hit Christmas season a lot of times feeling overwhelmed. So when you're managing little ones, too, I do know that that's that's a whole lot. Uh, but I did want to say, and you actually mentioned this word earlier, 
just keep it simple. I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially because Christmas is a big holiday and there's so much that goes along with it. So I think we put pressure on ourselves, but don't feel like you have to do big things to make an impact. Um, I would say small things, the music you listen to when you're in your car anyway, or at home anyway, just switch that so that the, you're listening to some Christmas songs that point to Jesus. Uh, and like you were saying, and like I mentioned earlier, the conversations that you have, you know, you drive by a nativity set in front of in someone's front yard, you know, point that out. And just as you're going along, say, you know, look, there's baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph and just relating to them as much as you can, the, the Christmas story. And I would say, as busy as we get, I know this is hard, but I think our children learn the most just from how we are. So just taking, and it can be five minutes, but each morning, just trying to take a few minutes, settle yourself, think of the season that we're going through and the celebration that it is, and just focusing our own thoughts on Jesus, because certainly as soon as we get up, we're going to see that Christmas shopping list or that party we need to buy things for, or the Christmas cookies we need to make. And that is so easy to let all of that become our focus. And I'm certainly speaking for myself here, but just if we're able to take those few minutes and it doesn't always have to be in the morning. I know for my daughters, they have both said that a lot of times before bed is the best time that works for them, but whatever time of day, just taking that few minutes and centering our own hearts on Jesus and on the meaning of Christmas. And I think our kids will pick that up from us just as much as they will from, from anything that we do outside of that. That's really cool because one of our Advent activities for this Advent season has been one minute of silence every day just together and that one minute of silence is not just to be quiet even though don't get me wrong that's a total perk of the one minute of silence oh yes (laughs) it's it's basically a time that we sit and reflect on the goodness of God and what the season is actually all about and we take the time to pray and my daughter is really enjoying that. We And you can do that whenever. Sometimes we do it in the car. Sometimes we do it yes. right before bed. And I actually think that this is a practice that we're going to continue long after Advent. Just to sit. And a I minute, love that. A minute is not very long. Um, It might feel like a really long time initially. But I just set the timer on and we go for it. And my daughter's even said to me, she's seven. And she said, can we just challenge ourselves to go that little bit longer, like two minutes, yes. three? And I'm like, wow, okay. I'm. There are so this season gets crazy busy, but we're busy in general, aren't we? And I don't think yes. we're taking the time to stop and be still before the Lord enough. So that's something that yes. we're definitely going to continue after the Advent season. Yes, I love that. And I love that you're involving your daughter in it. And yes, that's a great practice, as you're saying, for year round, because we do get so busy and to have that set time. And again, it's an intentional thing, like we've been mentioning, but to be intentional (laughs) enough to, to put that into our schedule, because if we don't, the days will go by and it'll be one of those things, you know, we wish we had done. And it, it, it's something we can always start, but we'll have missed the time when we could have done it before. With the whole intentional thing, you have mentioned that that's your personality, you like planning, that kind of thing. Do you think intentionality came into your parenting in just a natural way? Or was that something that you realized, okay, this is quite important that I do implement this into my parenting? 
I think, again, because it's part of my personality, I think it kind of started naturally, probably when our girls were very young. But I would say as they got more into preschool and school age, it definitely became more of something I tried to focus on. And believe it or not, I know they say opposites attract, but my husband actually is also a fairly intentional goal-oriented type person. So our poor girls, you know, they probably had no chance to enjoy a spontaneous childhood. We did try that a little bit, but yeah, I would say we kind of, but yes, we kind of grew into that as again, as, and I'm a big reader. So I would read lots of parenting books, which helped in the sense of giving me ideas of things to focus on and areas to focus on to, ex to experience for our girls or to plan for our girls that they would experience some of those intentional things. And again, I think I mentioned earlier, but traditions, again, year round, I think those just build into the fabric of your family, just some close ties. And now that our girls are older, some of those traditions that we were intentional with, we look back and we talk about how much they enjoyed them. And I have no thoughts that they're gonna carry all those into their motherhood should God have them become mothers. But I do think they will take some of those. And many of them were, uh, I would say, spiritually focused. But then there were just some that were fun things. I was listening to a podcast recently, and the dad was talking about how Sunday nights were family nights. So they would go to a church service on Sunday night. On the way home, they would pick up pizza and then go home and watch a family movie together. And that was just their family night, Sunday night tradition. And that doesn't have to be the same for everybody, but it's just an example of something that you kind of build your lives around and build. That's not necessarily a spiritual thing outside of the going to church, but just those special family times. And again, I think that can even lead to during the Christmas season, if you were going to watch a family Christmas movie, again, opportunities to bring Jesus into that as you're watching together, talking about the, the, mean, the true meaning of Christmas, even bringing in here the gifts, those types of things. Um, but yes, that intentionality, again, of, of traditions and other things that help, help point our children to Jesus. Yeah, I would totally agree. Are you To wrap it up, are you able to tell the listeners a little bit more about where they can find out more about you? For sure. I do have my blog, as you mentioned, and it's at girlstogrow.com. And on social media, mostly I'm on Instagram and my handle there also is girls to grow. Thank you. I will put all of the links in the description for our listeners to make it very easy to find them. But I've so appreciated getting to chat with you, Tracy, about you're on your, it's awesome to talk to you because you're on the other side in a way of this parenting journey because your girls are older. You have one daughter who's right. married, and but you, you can share with us what actually worked and you know what was effective when your girls were little which is so awesome oh well thank you so much for this opportunity i have enjoyed talking to you and getting to kind of meet your listeners through you so um, i wish you all the best uh, with this christmas season and with your podcast as well thank you thanks for listening to mama's mission if you liked what you heard Please leave a review. Thanks, guys. Hey, Mama. I can pretty much say ditto to what my little girl just said. It lights me up when you're encouraged to disciple your kids from the content here at Mama's Mission. So either leave a review on the podcast or hit me up on Instagram at a dash of Deb. Or better yet, join the family by subscribing to our newsletter. The link is in the description. Be blessed, Mama.